Hello and welcome into Sellout Talks episode 4, season 2. I'm here with Sean, and today we're just going to go over some of the hot topics in week 7 of the NFL season ahead of week 8. Alright, so week 8 of the NFL season begins this weekend, and we're just going to look back at week 7, talk about some of the hot topics that sort of happened, and look, Sean, the Chiefs are a problem. They, looking at them, they are inconsistent to say the least and absolutely the the titans made them know that they are an inconsistent bunch right and i mean now the big question is is this the titans making a statement being good or is this the chiefs just looking horrendous and not doing their job and i answer that with are the titans one heck of a good team absolutely but the chiefs were absolutely the problem more here it said more about the chiefs being a problem and i'll tell you why okay they scored three points. When you have Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, and an incredibly improved offensive line with phenomenal rookies, Creed Humphrey, underrated mm-hmm. as crap, okay? Remember his name? Yeah. Anyway, they scored three points, okay? And that's just, that's there's literally no excuses. When you have Patrick Mahomes, there's no excuses. He's still, he's leading the NFL in interceptions. And I think the, the problem about that is he's trying to force the ball. He's trying to make a Patrick Mahomes play, and he has to hold the ball, make the smart decision, and play football. Is he crazy talented? Absolutely, he can make it. But clearly this season, it's not working that much, and he has to stop, hold on to the ball, and this is really was just a, just a blow-up by the Chiefs' offense. And you know, know how I didn't mention the Chiefs' defense? That's the problem yeah, that's, all year. That's that. In this game, right? Mm-hmm. This is the least amount of points they've let all season. If you're coming into this game and you say you you allow 27 points to the Titans with Derrick Henry and A.J. Brown and Julio Jones, I would say I know my offense is going to score points. All they have to do is score 28. That's four touchdowns. I know for a fact the Chiefs can do that. Okay? But they didn't. I don't blame this game on the defense. Could they have gotten a little more stops? Absolutely. But when you score three points and your defense had basically, in my opinion, played the best they did all year, this is on the offense, and this is just a big mishap, terrible game by the Chiefs. No excuses for this. Andy Reid, you know what? I think this is going to be a wake-up call. I think they're going to come into Monday night and smack the living crap out of the Giants. I don't think they stand a chance. I think they might put up 45 points. But, yes, this is definitely the Chiefs being bad more than the Titans being good. But the Titans are good, okay? Nothing against the Titans. I'm not saying this is a fluke win. They deserve that win. When you go and beat the Chiefs in a blowout, that's never easy to do. So, great performance by the Titans, but more on the Chiefs here. Yeah, it says more about the Chiefs, 100%. And I, I look at their defense. Look, it's a problem, but they didn't allow a point in the second half, and the Chiefs only scored three. Right. Like, that's that's a problem. And their offense is inconsistent because they can score at bunches, but when they don't, it leaves the defense out to dry and... We saw what happened in the first half against Tennessee. And the only healthy star that has played over the past three to four weeks has been Tyron Matthew. They really have no impact players there. Um, I know Chris Jones is there, and he hasn't been in the lineup consistently and been able to produce Mm -hmm. enough. Um, But it's the defense. And Steve Steve Spagnuolo needs to find a way to get this group to gel together because – they're not playing at the level that they did two years ago, 
whenever they went on a toward pace at the second half of the season, and they're not playing the way that got them to be 14-2 and last year and got them to the Super Bowl. They're not playing that same way. And it doesn't help whenever Patrick Mahomes isn't necessarily being Patrick Mahomes, but to me, they have to just play regular football. They can't turn the ball over. They have Absolutely. to, especially with the defense that they have, it's it's hard to say win games whenever your defense is giving up points, you're turning the ball over, and you can't really you know gain as much separation as you'd like to. Because if your defense can get one or like one or two stops and like and your team goes and gets points, like that can work. Um, right, you you can't always rely like you got to give your offense a little breathing room. They can't always come from behind. That's what you're trying to say, and I yes. and I absolutely agree with that. Yeah, and you mentioned the offensive line. Look, they traded for Orlando Brown. They got Joe Thune, and you mentioned Creed Humphrey. That should be a good enough offensive line, and they've been average. Like they haven't really lived yeah. up to they haven't lived up to the stature that they've been given, and. To me, that was the concern after the Super Bowl. Maybe it was a bit of an overreaction but from the Super Bowl, but look, he needed it, and they got it, and Patrick Mahomes is still kind of having trouble. So I look at that as a problem, and you obviously mentioned their defense. It's atrocious. Um, but again, don't take anything away from the Titans. Um, I've seen some things that Derrick Henry is in MVP conversations, Absolutely. which he should be because he is the heart and soul of this team, and he is the main reason why they are as good as they are, because he's just so darn good. Um, Julio Jones has been a little bit of a letdown this year as an acquisition, but he's had some trouble staying in the lineup, and when he's been on the field, he hasn't really been that much of an impact player. Mm-hmm. So, And A.J. Brown missed some time as well. So Ryan Tannehill doesn't have the numbers that he did maybe a season ago or maybe in the second half of the 2019 season. But I feel as if whenever this team is clicking, very few can find a way to stop this offense. because And we haven't right. seen it at its fullest potential yet. And their defense is not as bad as what it was last year. This is a good team in the Titans. It's just, Absolutely. can they hold off? Can they, be, can they beat good teams consistently? We saw them beat Buffalo and Kansas City. And you see in, them lose to the Jets. Row. Yeah, we see them lose to the Jets. Like, they need consistency, and they're a legit team. When you beat Buffalo and Kansas City in the same week, in six days, like that speaks volumes, and that sends a message. And I, look, the Titans are a dangerous team, and I don't think anyone would want to face them right now. I, I agree with that, and I think, to be honest, when it's all said and done, you know, maybe recency bias, but mm-hmm. I think Derrick Henry will go down as the greatest running back to ever play this game. One, I mean, I don't want to jinx his career, but he, the man never gets injured. I've never heard anything. He's—I don't think he's been questionable in his entire career. Yeah, he's just so—he's on another level. When you look at rushing stats, it's just not even close. Like I think last week, uh, Nick Chubb was the second leading rusher, and he was closer to the twenty-seventh leading rusher, which I believe was Chuba Hubbard, than he was to Derrick Henry, who was in first. Yeah. That's just insane. That just shows you how good he is. And speaking of injuries, I mean, A.J. Brown and Julio Jones, they got to find a way to stay healthy. I mean, who, who's who's their third? Like, Rodgers, I think. Um, yeah, I forget his first name. But someone, someone. you can't rely on him to be your number one receiver. I mean, when you had Derek Henry, maybe a little bit, but still. And going back to the Chiefs, I mean, you look at the team on paper. 
there was no reason they should be scoring three points. Yeah. This is probably the most talented roster offensively, not even close, in the National Football League. And I'm sure they'll be getting uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire back, but uh, Elaire, not Hilaire, my bad. And uh, But when you, I, I really think that a running back position is the most replaceable in the National Football League. So you put Williams in there, you put Hilaire in there, it, it really doesn't matter. I mean, you could put anyone in there and they'd perform just as good as the other. But, yeah, I mean... Got the Chiefs got to figure it out, and the Titans got to keep rolling, and can't lose to easy teams, yeah. just like the Jets, which the chi- beats yeah. me. the The Chiefs should not be three and four. I think we can attest to that. Like, and they've lost to legit teams. They've lost to the Titans. They've lost to the Chargers, Ravens, and, and Bills. the Bills. Yeah, yeah. So they've lost to legit opponents, and maybe it's a sign that says, "Hey, the legit teams find a way to beat Kansas City." Um, I don't know if you look at it that way, but. That could but, be I mean, some you way could that I you could it. say that yeah, they lost to really good teams, but I mean, most of them, I'd say half of them are blowouts. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I mean, it's they tough. they probably shouldn't have lost that Ravens game if Clyde Edwards Hilaire doesn't fumble. So it's would you say that they could be four and three right now? Would you say that they could be you know better? If no, they don't I fumble? mean, could they? Sure. I mean, you could pick and choose any team and say, you know, they could be 7-0, right? Um, but I'm not going to do that here. Could they? Potentially. But that's the way football works. You know, you play with the hand you're dealt, and you try to coach around that. You try to play around that. And I would just like to say this, too. Patrick Mahomes has nine interceptions, right? But if you look at them, not no excuses for Mahomes, but I would say four out of, four out of the nine, so just almost half, were absolutely not his fault. Like I think three of them. Literally hit the receiver's yeah, hands. Hit them in their hands. It got picked off, and another one was some crazy thing. I forget what happened, but um, yeah, it's 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 rough for the Chiefs right now. I think you the can Chiefs say will that. come back, they, and that is inevitable. Yeah, they're they, not going to keep playing like this. They will make noise. They might not win the division because their division's so good. Yes. This year, but they'll get their act together. And so, speaking of good divisions, they, yeah. Um, AFC North, um, the matchup of the weekend probably. Um, or at least the notice alert of the weekend was when Cincinnati went into Baltimore and laid a whooping on the Ravens. <laughs> that was I'll, – I'll let you speak for this because right. this is just – I don't think anyone expected what happened on Sunday. Now, if you ask me, coming into this game, this is the test game. You're playing for first in the division. You're playing uh, technically for first in the AFC, right? Both teams, this is a must – not a must win game, but this is a huge game early on in the season. And this was really a test for Cincinnati. I mean, we came in and we stomped all in to Baltimore, into Baltimore, told them who we are, told them this is not the same Bengals that you've blown out the last three years, okay? This is a new team. Jamar Chase, 201 yards of touchdown. Burrow, highest career passing yards, 416, three touchdowns. Who He has through seven games. He's the only player, only quarterback this season, to have two-plus touchdowns in each game. So he, he's balling out, which I love it. Just love it. And um, the defense is the story of this game. Um, they let up one big play to Marquise Brown a little bit, and then I think it was 17-13 to 13 after that. We stopped right down with C.J. Uzama, who underrated. I'm just going to say underrated, that. Underrated, yeah. Underrated. Two touchdowns, huge game. But we stomped down, and then they don't score a single point after that. We went 41-17. to 17. Um, you could do the math there and how many consecutive points that was, but Chidobi, I would just like to say this, Chidobi Awuzie, 
second highest rated uh, cornerback in the NFL, and he's playing like it. He's playing his heart out. I mean, this, that was the greatest acquisition we've had this year. Um, Trey Hendrickson, he, he's shown it's not a fluke. I've been saying it every year. He's not every year. I've been saying it every week. Been on the podcast. He's not a fluke, and he showed you that. And he's, I think he's had six and a half sacks, which is like third, fourth most, and his pressures are third or fourth, fourth most. But I, if you ask me, I mean, I'm looking at, obviously I'm a Cincinnati fan, I'm going to look at the Cincinnati side. Now let's move to the Baltimore side, okay? They were coming into this game expecting to beat the plain old Bengals. Mm-hmm. And John Harbaugh did not make his adjustments well. And Lamar Jackson missed a couple throws. The defense, if you ask me, just were atrocious. They couldn't tackle at all that game. Um they didn't show that a lot in the highlights because obviously they're not going to show the lowlights on the highlight, if you know what I mean. But mm-hmm. bad performance by the Ravens, but just, I mean, you score 41 points against Baltimore's defense. It's it's unbelievable where this team is at. You could see the improvement. I mean, Joe Burrow, that's one of the worst injuries you can have is ACL, MCL, additional knee injuries. He's call, he comes back the next year and is bawling his eyes out. And hey, remember when I said, don't worry about Chase He's gonna be fine. Penny you can't de- you can't you can't determine things off of the preseason. Everyone's clowning him, and I say I'm not worried. And guess what he does? He is having the if he's on pace for the best rookie season ever, not rookie wide receiver season, best rookie season ever. He's got three consecutive rookie of the weeks awards. He won an MVP, which I mean that's an exclusive award. Look at Mitch Trubisky, best quarterback to ever play. He won that. <laughs> anyway, um. This is a new team, and they they showed that, and and I'm I'm proud of them, and I think this was a real wake up call to the rest of the NFL, saying Cincinnati came to play this year. I I hate how the Bengals are in the Steelers division, but I'll say this: um, this says more about Cincinnati's emergence. It really does. Um, I know Baltimore has some injuries that they sustained in the preseason, and I I feel as if those are starting to come back. Absolutely. Um, against them, they don't really have a true number one back, um, unless you count Latavius Murray as sort of that back when healthy. Um, but he's no J.K. Dobbins and he's no Gus Edwards that can just make plays and like do stuff off script. Right. And, they have like forty-year-olds yeah. in the backfield. Mm-hmm. I'll give them that. Um, Marcus Peters, and I know he gets clowned a lot for his press coverage and overplaying some sort of. He overplays on a lot of coverages, and I feel as if he was probably their second best corner behind Marlon Humphrey because now you're asking a- Avery Verrett, a- Avery Averett. Oh I think. Yeah, uh, yeah, Averett. He was. Yeah. He was just. He was, that was the game plan too. Sorry, yeah. to interrupt you really quick. Mm-hmm. That was the game plan. We we had like 13 targets to Higgins, and all those targets he was covered by Averett. So that was clearly what we were trying to do. Yes. Um, as I've said before, I. I feel Lamar Jackson still needs to digress as a passer. And that's kind of what killed them because, you know, and I said this all offseason, I campaigned for Trey Hendrickson. I, I was his biggest fan. You did. offseason, I said that. Um, and you look you look at this, the Bengals rushed for, and they had sort of like a spy type thing. Correct me if I'm wrong, but like. Oh, no, he, we did. We yeah, did. I, it, there, was uh, a line, there, was, there was a linebacker in the middle of the field and. You know, just the pressure was kind of like a circle around Lamar. And after every play, like right. every time he went outside the pocket, 
He, I didn't even give credit to the defensive line. That, yeah. that was the most Lamar Jackson been sacked in his career with five sacks. Phenomenal yeah. performance by them. And they sort of surrounded him in a circle, and they just said, okay, which hole he comes out, we're just going to get off our block and tackle his legs. Because if you try to tackle him, he's very elusive, and he can break tackles easily. So if you grab him by the legs, most likely he's going to fall. And most likely he's, he's going to go down. So to me, that seemed like the game plan that they had. And... Really, when you shut down Lamar Jackson and Mark Andrews, um, this offense goes nowhere. And that's right. really the key. Um, but now, you touched on the Bengals side first. I'll touch on their side now. Um, Penny who is all I'm going to ask. Penny who. Because um, everyone was saying that Jamar Chase was A, going to be a bust because of his yep. preseason. Cough, and, cough, Pat. Yeah. What? Yeah. And um, that they should have drafted Penny Sewell at draft time. And I, I I was one of those people that I thought maybe should have gone Penny Sewell. But now I see the rewards that you get when you draft a player that has played with his quarterback in Joe Burrow. And they're, they're getting the rewards of that because he's having an amazing year. And you add that to T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd. And you add that to Joe Mixon in the backfield. That's just... That's a lot of youth, and that's just that's just great offense. Like those are great offensive playmakers there, right? And and, and to that Penny Sewell point is, I was saying, I remember saying it. I said there's more than one draft, sorry, more than one round in the National Football League draft. Yeah, Jackson Carmen, second yeah. rounder. Mm-hmm. We've plugged him in there. He's been phenomenal. You could make an argument behind. He's been our second best offensive lineman behind Jonah Williams, who's been phenomenal too. But this the offensive line stepped up. And Jackson, that's that's the huge thing is that you got both. You got protection, and you got one of the best receivers in the class. Not not only in the class, in the National Football League right now. I mean, you, he's easily one of the best wide receivers in the in the NFL right now. Here's but you here's, can go on. here's my question: Is Joe Burrow the comeback player of the year through seven weeks? Is um, it's a great question. Um, I think he's a phenomenal player. But the if this was any other year, absolutely. But when you're trying to compete with Dak Prescott, it's tough. Mm-hmm. It's very tough. And he had a bye week. I think number-wise, Dak Prescott's been better. But Joe Burrow is right up there with him. Absolutely. But if I were to vote right now, unbiasedly, I would vote Dak Prescott. Okay. And then uh, their next four games, I'm pretty sure that they play, the, they play the Jets this upcoming week. They play the Browns and the Steelers in their next four, and I believe the Chargers are next, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, I think the Raiders might be in there, actually. Okay. Oh, the Raiders, yeah, it is the Raiders. So Instead of, let's see, yeah, I'll, I'll read it to of, you really quick. Yeah. So it's Jets, Browns, Raiders, Steelers, yeah, okay. and then Chargers. So that's their season right there. Like, if they can win, like, three out of four or two out of four, they're still in contention for not only the division, but they're still in contention for at least a five or six spot with how condensed the AFC is. So... This is this team is legit. Like they have playmakers on defense, and you know a lot of rumors at the beginning of the season were saying that Jesse Bates might not resign. Um, if this team is good throughout this oh, year, oh boy, and pay Jesse if, Bates. Yeah, pay Jesse Bates because if this team is good, he's gonna stay. Like if they make the playoffs, he's gonna stay. Even if they miss on a ten win team, like like happened last year, um, yeah, they're they're gonna pay him because they know the culture is changing. Um, and Zach Taylor. Um, coach of the year candidate through seven weeks. Um, Oof, he is. That's, uh, I, I would that's say a strong that. statement. <laughs> I would. I would say that he is probably. He's been great. But. He's been great, but I agree. He's the benefactor of Joe Burrow and this great play. 
but you got to give credit because, you know, he's kind of the coach and he's kind of leading them out. I know in week one, he had the, week one he had the conservative He's proved play. a lot of people wrong. Yeah. He's proved a lot of people wrong. Yeah, I, I said in week one he had the conservative play calling with Joe Burrow, but since then, you know, he hasn't held them back. And that's been the thing that is, you know, you look at a coach that has held teams back before. Um, I can't think of one off the top of my head, but like Matt Nagy. Yeah, one hundred. Okay, Matt Nagy. Um, that is what Zach Taylor just isn't. He just lets him go play and just says, you know, go play and go right. get go. Just go like seek college. the rewards. Um, and, and and also to to I mean, when the Bengals are two and zero in the division, you know, when a team's two and two and zero in the division, you're like, okay, that's pretty good, right? When yeah. you think of the context of it, one. Being the best division in football, yeah, I said it. Mm-hmm. Okay, NFC West, they've got two not good teams, so argue with me on that. But AFC North, right? You're two zero in that division. Not only are you two zero in that division, those two games you won on oh, the, the road. Mm-hmm. That is huge. That yeah. means you have three. That means you have four games left. Three of them are at home in the division. Okay, yeah. all you gotta do if you win three out of those four. I mean, what is that? What is this? Five and one in the division. Yeah, so that's that's pretty good. If you Joe Burrow came out and said on the mic up, he said, "If you can win this division, you can win it all." And I absolutely agree with that because this is easily the hardest division of football. Mm-hmm. So speaking of Joe Burrow, let's move into the next topic we have. It's about young quarterbacks, and let's. It's about which one is looked the best and which one has looked the worst. And I'm gonna start off with the one that has played the worst. Um, oh, you're I, going worse yeah, first. Yeah, I'm going worse first. I like it. Um, you know, I I was very confident on this guy in the offseason. I thought, you know, him with... I'm interested Ma- to hear yeah, who this is. I'm. Granted, he's not the benefactor of a superstar running back because he's been injured. I, just I know think where you're going. It's, it's Sam Darnold. I, I agree, I, yeah, 100%. Sam Darnold. I, I can't throw any rookies under the bus yet because no. they're rookies. Um but Sam Darnold really, and I'm going to say this, he hasn't had the benefactor of Christian McCaffrey. But when you have DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson as your top two receivers, um, I would expect you to at least put up numbers. Instead, the offense has been completely silent. And the evidence of that is for being benched for P.J. Walker against the Giants, and you only scored three I mean, points. Oh, my God. Um and the Giants were missing their basically their entire offense, so that's that's just that speaks for itself. And look, he's been turning over the ball like crazy ever since McCaffrey got injured, and he doesn't have that security blanket. Yes, but he he just needs to limit the turnovers. Like if he limits mm-hmm. the turnovers, he's not he's not my worst quarterback. Um, that's why they're losing games. Like that's why they lost the Eagles game. He turned the ball over too much. That's why they lost the Giants game. He didn't do enough, and he turned the ball over. So, Sam Darnold, sorry, I believed in you. There's still time because you're not going after Deshaun Watson, but he's looked the worst through seven weeks in my right. eyes. And and I agree with you. You can't you can't judge rookies off of seven games. Um, I mean, it, it's just not fair. But uh, you, I mean, Sam Darnold was this. This is his fourth year, correct? Because he had 2018, yes. 19, 20. So yeah, mm-hmm. this is 21. Mm-hmm. So that's his fourth year. Um, he's out of New York. That was the big, like, oh, it's not Sam, it's New York. You know what? He looked decent the first couple games. 
Now, you look at his passing stats, you see seven touchdowns, eight interceptions, and you throw up at that. But, you know, two is... Benef- uh, two, two is... Oh, my gosh. Anyway, what I'm trying to say is he had five rushing touchdowns. Okay. Yeah. Don't take that away from him. And I'm also going to say he hasn't had Christian McCaffrey. That's a big... That, that really helps you yes, out. Yes. And his re- receivers have not caught anything. They have butterfingers for hands. But still... Even with giving him the benefit of the doubt, with those factors, he's still looked the worst to me. And I just, I don't know. I don't know what's going wrong. And, you know, what I thought I was going to say through seven weeks would be Tua turn yeah, the ball I, over. I, I knew you he's, he, and he, He's been hurt. He's been hurt. Yes. But he has looked not bad through the couple games he's played. Yeah. He's not looked like the worst at all. Yeah. Um, I'd agree with you. And... I like Tua. I don't think they're giving him a chance, and the play calling looked very conservative in that Falcons game. It, it really did. Um, but I don't think he is the main problem. The defense is the problem. And mm-hmm. the unit that we thought was going to be the heart and soul of this team this year is just not. And to everyone who picked the Dolphins as playoff team, including myself, I look very foolish right now. So we're just going to go right ahead and say, who's been the best young quarterback? All right, let's go. go with this. We are going in no particular order. Got to list my boy, Joey B first. We got Joey B. We got Justin Herbert. We got Kyler Murray. All look phenomenal. And, you know, this is where, like, who's the fifth? You know, you could go. You, there's many people. I'm not going to count Patrick Mahomes or Dak Prescott. They're too old to be a young quarterback, in my opinion. Could you throw Mac Jones in there? Right? Could you throw you could. Daniel Jones in there? Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, I forgot about Josh Allen. I, I sincerely apologize to everyone <laughs> listening to this. Josh Allen was supposed to be in there. Okay. Now, who's the, the sixth? Is it Daniel Jones or is it Mac Jones? I'm going Danny Dimes. Mac Jones, it's looked great, but once again, you can't really judge a rookie through seven games, in my opinion, unless he's having like ridiculous numbers. And Mac Jones is having steady numbers. I'll give him that. But nothing crazy. Nothing crazy, but uh, yeah, I mean, the, the five I just listed, and there's a big drop-off between that, to going to the sixth. It's Josh Allen, um, Justin Herbert, Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow. Please don't ask me to uh, do them in order, because yeah. that, that is just going to be difficult for me. If I had to give my top three this year, I would say one would probably be Josh Allen, Two would probably be Justin Herbert, and I'm gonna go with the shocker, and I'm gonna say Joe Burrow's playing the better than Kyler Murray. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say, mm, I, I like it. I, I really think that those three are gonna be the staple of the AFC for the next 15 years. Right. I, I, no I really one? think so. I'm gonna go against my word. I'm gonna rank them right now. Mm-hmm. Let's go. go I'm gonna rip it off like a bandaid. Mm-hmm. Josh Allen, Kyler Murray, Joe Burrow, mm-hmm. Justin Herbert, Lamar Jackson. Boom, there it is, ladies and gentlemen. Okay. Totally not biased with Joe Burrow at three. <laughs> Sue me, I don't care. You, I mean, just look at the stats. Yeah. Um, I think the one that people would argue the most would probably be Justin Herbert being below Burrow. Yeah. Um, he did have a bye week, and Justin Herbert's looked phenomenal. Yeah. But when you have a guy who scored multiple touchdowns in his first seven games, you're going with the guy who scored most and t- who plays for Cincinnati Bengals. You're going with yeah. that guy. Yeah. Um, so those are the quarterbacks, and we'll... And we get to see Justin Herbert against Joe Burrow this year as well. So that's going to be fun. That's going to be fun. Um, next topic is which team has been the best surprise and which team has been the disappointment this year? I'll let you start. That's I like. That's a great question. 
who's been the best surprise? So, I mean, who, who's been... I mean, Cincinnati Bengals have been the best um, best surprise by far. Okay, no one if you, no one expected them to be five and two. Um, no one expected them to blow out the Ravens, but they did. Okay, they did. And I could name a lot of people for the worst surprise. And I'm going to throw the Cardinals in there, undefeated until they lost to the Packers, and the ah. Packers looked phenomenal. Okay, I'm going to throw the Cardinals in there. I'm going to say those two teams have easily been the biggest surprise, mm-hmm. uh, a positive surprise, I'll say this year. Mm-hmm. And I'll go. I mean. Cardinals phenomenal team. They've got so much talent. Uh, prayers up to JJ Watt. The, the poor dude's hurt every yeah. year. Uh, but war surprise. Got to throw the Chiefs in there. Yeah. Um. You know, I'm gonna say only. I'm gonna say Washington's defense as okay. well. Washington's defense is the is another surprise. And then I'm gonna have to go with the Miami Dolphins yeah. at one and six. Yeah. That's the worst scenario you can be in is when your team sucks and you don't even have your first-round pick. Yeah. That's, that's just horrible. So those three teams. Chiefs, obviously, we, we broke all that down. The Dolphins, you've had a ton of injuries. You don't have that many weapons on offense. Nothing is clicking. The defense has not done anything. Just a, just a bad situation over there. And obviously, Washington's defense was supposed to be top three, top five. They've been horrendous. And I mean horrendous. Yeah, terrible. Uh, I would say those are the surprises... The best being the Bengals and the Cardinals there. I would say that my surprise of the year has been, given all the circumstances around this team, I'd say that the Raiders are 5-2. and two. I, I would say wow. that. Wow. I would say that. Oh, the Bengals being 5-2? and two? I, really? Given all the circumstances. Wow. Given all, everything that happened with Gruden, and now... Okay, just, that's fair. That's fair. You mean that? Okay. Yeah, okay. Given everything with Gruden... And they've just rallied around them. And I'm starting to buy in on the fact that Gruden was holding this team back. I know that we looked at, you know, we talked about how Matt Nagy, or we mentioned it, that he was holding the Bears back. Um, If anything about the last two performances that against quote-unquote, you know, competitive teams, like the Broncos Mm -hmm. have a good defense, or supposedly had a good defense, and the Eagles were supposed to be competitive, um, they just stomped right all over those two teams. And those are games that you have to stomp over those teams because they're not all that great. And the Raiders did. Um, Derek Carr is playing at an, an elite level, I believe. Um, they have their, their running game is a little bit iffy because Josh Jacobs is injured and they don't really have a true number one back with him out. Um, and they did that against the Eagles. They put up 33 points against the Eagles without Darren Waller. And that, mm-hmm. you know, he's their best offensive weapon. I don't think anyone can disagree with that. No. Um, and he's just been, look, Derek Carr is just finding players. Um, Brian Edwards, Henry Ruggs is developing into a good receiver. And Hunter Renfro has been there and has been great to make just big-time plays whenever they, they need to be made. And, you know, the defense was a concern last year because – they didn't really do well because they were not very good in 2019 and they weren't they were the main reason why they didn't make the playoffs in 2020 because they had so many collapses mm-hmm. they started 6 and 3 i believe defense or, was awful yeah, they they had that terrible game against Miami when they just let Ryan Fitzpatrick who got his face ripped off basically just and basically his yeah. his chin was behind his head yeah and that they, makes no they, sense because the chin's on the head they, they you let, know what I mean yeah they let that happen against their first round pick and they got destroyed so um and they lost they missed the playoffs because of that so 
this is a different team. This this is a different team. You, you look at everything that happened with Gruden. It is terrible to see, but to be honest, it might have been a blessing in disguise for Derek Carr because it's finally the opened whole team. up. Yeah, it's finally opened us up his potential because you look at his coaches, John Del, Jack Del Rio, and John Gruden, two coaches that you know are kind of meh. And are stuck kinda, in two thousand two. Yeah, yeah, stuck in two thousand two, as you said, and they're just a different team, and you know I. I I agree with you. The yeah, Dolph- the I Dol- agree. Yeah, the Dolphins are a disappointment. They and the the to the Raiders. I mean, yeah. they have a great. I th- I think, like you said, blessing in disguise. I think they probably might have the best chemistry in the locker room out of any team. If right. you ask me, I mean, mm-hmm. that really. I mean, you with with a big controversy that happens, you can either divide or you can become even stronger. And I think clearly they became even stronger. And the defense is so good because of one guy who wears number ninety eight, Max Crosby. He is good. He has. Been I believe the most QB pressures in the NFL. He's been phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, the D line stepped up, and I think that's why their defense is so much improved. Yeah, um, and then as I mentioned, I agree with you on the Dolphins. It's just you know when you're expected to be a playoff team and everyone's buying in on the hype, um, they buy in on you know Brian Flores can coach Tua through this. And to be honest, Tua hasn't been as I mentioned. Tua isn't the problem. It's the defense. Um, but one and six is, you know, just tough to come back from. Can they do it? You know, anything happens in the NFL. Weird stuff happens. Um, for all we know, they could go on a, I think it's eleven game win streak. They could go on or a ten game win streak. They could do that. Yeah. Um, do I see them doing that? No, because their defense isn't very good this year. And look, it, even if Deshaun Watson, I know the rumors are heating up. Um, even if he does come to Miami, they would have to uh, fix the defense because Deshaun would basically just be going to a different situation with, A, in my opinion, better weapons than Houston, which isn't saying much. Um, (laughs) They have to fix the O-line, which, in my opinion, that's why they probably should have had their first-round pick this year to address the O-line. But if San Francisco doesn't make the playoffs and kind of stinks from here on out, it's okay. Um, Speaking of not making the playoffs, yeah, um, through seven yeah. weeks, Richard, been seven weeks in the National Football League. We've seen a lot. We've seen highs and lows. Which team that is currently out of the playoffs will rebound and make it back into the playoffs? Okay, I'm going to say this first before you go. Yes, we are discluding the Chiefs. Okay, yes. they're not going to count. Yes. That's a boring answer because I'm almost positive that they'll make the playoffs. Yeah, but they're technically not in it now. So, yeah. another uh-huh. team other than the Chiefs that you think will make the playoffs that aren't right now? You know. I've had my eye on this team, and I know the last time that you and I talked, which was, I think, a week or so ago about the NFL, I mentioned that, you know, if they didn't blow a fourth-quarter lead and lose an overtime to an AFC North team, that um, they'd probably be they'd be 500 right now, and they would be playing for the division, basically. I like where you're going. Tiebreaker. Um... I'm going with Carson Wentz and Frank Wright in the Indianapolis Colts. I'm I'm going with this. I'm going with the Colts. I I love this quarterback coach duo. That's what I look for with this team because Carson Wentz had his best year, regardless and undoubtedly under Frank Wright. He did. Oh, there's there's doubt. there's no denying that. And I think this year could be his second best year. Um, you look at the numbers he's putting up. 
and you look at the points they're putting up. Granted, they put up 30 points. I think believe they put up almost 30 against Miami. They put up 30 against Houston, and this week they put up 30 against San Francisco. So Carson Wentz has not been the problem. They're just getting ravaged by injuries, and that's what they had in the first five weeks of the year. Um, and the reason why they didn't win the Baltimore game was because their team got ravaged by injuries in the secondary in the second half of that game. So if they don't if they don't get injured, I, I believe they're three and three, and I believe that. And spoiler alert, uh, I I don't know if we're doing this for a prediction this week, but I I could definitely see the Colts uh, taking care of business against the Titans this week, especially at home. I I believe this yeah. is a must win and for the Colts. And that's exactly why I'd say, but for different reasons, you know. I don't like the argument about the injuries because injuries don't lose you four games. But um, obviously, if you lose your starting quarterback, that's a different story. But I think you could still manage while having injuries. But this team, Carson Wentz has looked great other than that one uh, interception in San Francisco. Uh, to his defense, I mean, I've never seen rain go down that hard. Uh, it slipped yeah, out of his hands. But just... that, it, it looks like he was playing patty mm-hmm. cake with the defender there and threw a pick. But other than that, he, he's looked great. The offensive line, like you said, injured, but still looked good behind Jonathan Taylor. Um, he's Jonathan a beast. Taylor he's a beast. is a beast out of Wisconsin, one of the best college football running backs ever, and that says a lot. Um, this team is, is I mean, they're lo- they have good losses. They have losses, obviously, they've lost to the healthy Seahawks, the Rams, and uh, the Titans, and the Ravens. All good teams. Yeah. Right? And like you said, they should have beaten the Ravens, if you ask me. And they have a... I mean, they have a tough schedule, I'm not going to lie, but they, ha- they have really hard teams and easy teams. And with, with, with I mean, you, you look at it, the standings now. Above them are the Patriots and the Steelers, the two teams who aren't in the playoffs that would be next up. And you know the AFC North, they're going to beat down on each other. We all know that's going to happen. That's mm-hmm. inevitable. So th- those expect a lot of that to change. The Patriots, is Mac Jones great? Absolutely. But who are their wins against? Is it the? It's like the I Jets, think it's the, the, the Jets, Jets twice, twice, and, the and then the Texans. Okay, yeah, yeah. no shot. Colts have <laughs> beaten them, and then obviously AFC North teams are going to beat down each other. And I think, I think they're going to slip right in as a seven-six seed. Yeah, I would not they, be surprised. Could they contend for the division? Maybe. Like um, if if they if they win if they win this week they're back in the division race. It's sure. It absolutely. comes down to that. If they but, win, if they don't, I say there's. Probably a there's a slim seven percent chance they win it. But yeah, if they win it, they boost it a lot. Yeah, but I I agree with you. Playoffs for the Colts probably if if the chips fall right. Playoffs for the Colts. Yeah, and, and Darius Leonard I'd like to mention his name. He's one of the most he's, underrated yeah. linebackers. He's underrated. I think he's, he's a top three linebacker behind uh, behind Fred Warner and probably Bobby Wagner. Yeah. Um, I like what they got going. You know, Michael Pittman Jr. Uh, their second-year players are really showing up this year on offense. Michael Pittman, Jonathan Taylor, and I, I like where this team's headed. I like the direction they're in. Mm-hmm. I think they could really use like a true number one receiver to just elevate this team to the next level. But their defense is steady. They haven't been really blown out, if you ask me. And Carson Wentz is playing playing really good right now, much better than anything he did in Philly before two thousand uh, after his two thousand seventeen. But yeah, I, I agree with you here. It's it's. Like we said, it's the Colts. Before we, before we end this, can T. Y. Hilton be a deep threat for Carson Wentz? Um, I know he might injury be prone, ninety five years old, and hasn't caught anything in the last two years. You, so no. Okay, I've, that's I have a strong it, take on that. Okay, so five years um, ago when he was one of the best receivers in the league in a Pro yes, Bowl, yes, absolutely yes, but not now, no. So you and me, 
Colts making the playoffs. Alright guys, that'll wrap up episode 4 of the second season of Sellout Talks. Make sure you check out our Instagram at Sellout Sports. And as always, thank you for listening to this episode. We'll see you in the next episode of Sellout Talks.